Did you get confused, Gavin? Was there another one that you wanted to play? Okay, all right. Amen. <clears throat> well, it is uh, good to be uh, you know, here again this evening. It's great to have everybody here tonight. Uh, we are going to continue. Uh, you know, I wish, uh, you know, uh, one of the, uh, you know, first times or, you know, there was a, uh, there was a series that I did in, uh, I, it was as a youth pastor. Um, and I actually built a wall. Uh, you know, so I built a section of a floor and I built a part of the wall and, uh, you know, put a roof on it and we ran electricity to it. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the outlets worked, the lights worked, and it was all about constructing and how we are supposed to and how we are tonight constructing a life of hope. Uh, you know, so all of these things that we've been talking about on Sunday nights have been building upon themselves, and yes, it does kind of help out that we are still in Nehemiah. We will not leave Nehemiah, okay? That might give you a hint. So on Sunday nights, we are in Nehemiah. Uh, so we're going to continue here in Nehemiah, but some of the things that, you know, and as you're turning there, it's in chapter 4, we're going to be looking at verses 15 through 23, uh, you know, but... Um, We've learned a lot about, uh, you know, through this, uh, you know, with Nehemiah as far as what God has for us to do as far as his church and how as his church uh, in reference to or, uh, you know, in looking at it through the same lens as far as them trying to build, uh, you know, the wall, uh, you know, in Jerusalem. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, whenever we first got into this, we looked and we learned how it is very important for us to pray and to wait on God to actually answer, uh, you know, the prayers that we pray. But later on, we learned that we have to pray, and whenever we pray, we have to work hard in, those, in the midst of those prayers. So did I confuse you? Because we started off that we pray and we wait. And then we went in and we learned that we have to pray, and whenever we pray, we work hard. It depends on what you're praying for. You know, we tie all of this stuff in, and we tie it into our Sunday mornings where we are learning that we need to seek God. And in learning that we need to seek God, we have learned that God is always at work. So if we are praying to God for God to help us to accomplish a task that he has for us to do, and then we look at that and we say, well, okay, wait a minute. I know that God's always at work, so I need to find out and see where God is at work and see if that's where he wants me to go. And if that's where God wants you to go, he will open up those doors. But not only will he open up the doors, but he will begin to provide for you the things that you need to accomplish the task that he has set before you. He did that for Nehemiah. Nehemiah prayed. Nehemiah knew that God was at work. Nehemiah knew that there was people in Jerusalem trying to rebuild that wall. And he prayed about it and he fasted about it. And then God began to open the doors and he opened the doors that his king questioned this. His king gave him everything that they needed to complete the task. And then we go in and we find that whenever they got there, they, you know, Nehemiah prayed. Uh, you know, he evaluated the situation. Uh, and then he had this game plan that he laid out, right? 
and God blessed the game plan that he laid out and everything was running cool. Uh, you know, and then all of a sudden Satan begins to fight the battle and begins to fight against the good that's going on. They've accomplished this and they've got the wall up to half height. Uh, last week we talked about this and how they came in and, uh, you know, at the first part they were just simply, uh, you know, just kind of mocking him and just saying, oh, yeah, right. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen this many a times, uh, you know. We have seen many of people come in here and try to rebuild this wall, and, and it never works. Uh, you know, they kind of laughed about it. And then all of a sudden they looked and they're like, oh, wait a minute. They're getting some traction. They're halfway through with this wall. We need to change up our tactics so that we can stop them from building this wall. So then they begin to say, okay, so what's going to happen is, is now... We're, gonna, you know, we're going to attack them from all different sides. So uh, symbolic and, uh, you know, tab Tabitha, or it's not Tabitha, but, you know, those two, uh, you know, they went and got all the other leaders around them. And they said, okay, now we're going to attack from all different sides. And last week we talked about how the fact is, is that whenever we get tired, uh, you know, we have this initial... Uh, you know, burst of energy whenever we start a new project. You get about halfway through and we begin to get tired. And whenever we begin to get tired, we can't assess the, uh, the problems and the situations properly. Uh, you know, because here they had half of the rubble that was left from whenever they started. But now the rubble is so big that they're not going to be able to get rid of it. And they'll never be able to finish the wall. Okay, it changes uh, you know, so once we see that, we, be, we have to begin to understand that Satan has changed his tactics and now we're having a little bit of issues and we're having a little bit of struggles. That doesn't mean that we throw up our hands and quit. It doesn't mean that we go wandering off and we say, well, you know, we gave it our best shot. Uh, you know, what it says is, is that we need to come together and we need to hunker down and we need to work even harder because now Satan is working harder. And now we come to this section here where we are tonight, and what we need to do is, is that in this process, we now need to begin to forge a brotherhood to where we are come, you know, camaraderies, or we are warriors and soldiers together doing this together. Amen. Our Christian walk was never meant for it to be done by ourselves. God never meant for you to be alone. You know, he never meant for any of us to be alone. Now, I understand that there's some of us that he doesn't want to marry, and, and God's chosen that. He's planned that for you. Don't fight it. If God has chosen for you to be single all of your life, be the best single person you can ever be. Love God with all of your heart. You don't have to be married to accomplish God's work. You just simply have to be willing. But he never meant for you to walk that alone, even if you're single. He says, I'm here. And he says, if I'm not sufficient, you need to find someone else in your church or in your family that can hold you up and that can help you. We have to do these things. But this week, we get there and we, we learn that, you know, yes, it's difficult. 
Yes, last week I told you you needed to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, you needed to pull up your bootstraps and, uh, you know, quit complaining, quit whining about being tired. We've got a job that we've got to do. I even ask you to do more than what you've been doing, right? But let me ask, let me say this, okay? If you're doing, if you're doing work and there's something that comes up, I don't want you to take it just simply because it's open. And nobody else is doing it. I want you to take it. And I want you to do it because God has called you to do it. Because if not, you're going to be stepping into something that is not in your gift. You are not gifted in that area. Therefore, it will fail. We don't want that to happen. You know, I don't want you to burn out. We need to have other people to step up and to be able to do these things. You know, <clears throat> this isn't in my notes, but it's in my thought process. And God's filtered it. Thursday night, we have prayer. Steve, that's been doing prayer for us for over a year and a half now, his job is making him work on Thursday nights. So we don't have anybody to lead it. So we have began to pray on whether or not we are going to keep it on Thursday night and have another person to step in and lead it, or we're going to change it to Tuesday nights. Now, we're still praying about that. Now, I will say this. If you already have a job, if God has already given you a task within the church, please don't step up to do that task. You need to do the task that you were already doing. Okay? If you don't have a task... And you have time on your hands. And God says, hey, you need to take up Thursday nights. Then that's what you need to do. But pray about it. Pray about it. So now that we've done that, I need to get focused back in on this. So Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 15. It says, when our enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. But from then on, only half of my men worked while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows, and <clears throat> cloaks of nail. The leaders or stationed themselves behind the people of Judah. So we see here, uh, you know, they had the situation, it came on them, they've got this, they had the meeting with Nehemiah that we talked about last week, Nehemiah gave all of the people, uh, you know, and divided them into half, and said, okay, you're going to guard, you're going to work. That tells us in a church that there are certain people that are designed by God to guard, and there are certain people in the church that's designed by God to work. There are certain people that are great at praying. But you're really not so good about organization. Please don't go and be a Sunday school teacher if you're gifted to pray, but not to be organized. Because your Sunday school lesson... We'll show that. 
am I kind of missing things here? Uh, you know, we're, we're all just kind of sitting here and just, uh, you know, are y'all absor- absorbing this? Soaking it in. Okay, all right. I'm going to keep on going. If that's where we're at, I'm going to keep on going. Because whenever we look at this and we see this, uh, you know, he didn't tell them to stop. Did he? He gave some of them swords. He gave some of them, uh, you know, they, they had things to protect themselves with, but the other ones were working. We'll find later on in the passage of Scripture, uh, you know, that the ones that were working, they also had swords on them. Okay? But they were working. He did not cut the workload in half. He didn't say, since now I only have half of the people working and the other half of the people garden, we only get half the work done. Do you realize that Whenever the rumors started, it was less than a month that they had the wall completed. From the time that the rumors started, and from the time that he divided them up, and he had half of them, you know, garden, half of them working, they completed the wall, and they had all the gates built. They worked from when? It's in the scripture. They worked from sunrise to sunset. Whenever they went to sleep, how did they go to sleep? They went to sleep in their clothes. They even had their swords laying right next to their beds. They were ready at any moment to go to battle. At any moment to go to battle. Now, Yes, Nehemiah is talking about a physical battle. You and I, we are not engaged in a physical battle. We do have an enemy that is attacking us from all sides. We have an enemy that is attacking attacking us as individuals from all sides. We have an enemy that is attacking the church from all sides. We have an enemy that is attacking the Nazarene denomination from all sides. We have an enemy that is attacking, uh, you know, religion, Wesleyan religion from all sides. We have an enemy that is attacking anyone that professes to be a Christian from all sides. So it is a war, but it's not a physical war. It's a spiritual battle. It is a battle that we look, and Paul talks about it in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, uh, you know, where it's a battle in, you know, in between, it's not a battle in between flesh and blood, but it's a battle that is against, uh, you know, the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. In the very next verse, He tells us to take up the full armor. So he's talking and he's giving us an illustration that we would be able to understand about being in this physical battle that is actually a spiritual battle. And there are spiritual armor and there are spiritual weapons that we have that we are to put on. You remember that? We walked through the armor of God and we talked about each one of those things. 
And we talked about how we needed them. And man, it still sends chills down my spine whenever I think about the shield and what he was describing as the shield and how big it was, but not only how big it was, but how it connected together from other people's shields to make one large shield to protect all of us. But it also joined together to protect someone that is weaker than we are. There are some that are going through stronger and worse battles than we're facing right now. And he says, you need to join your shield with them to help them. That's coming together. That is working together. Now, the thing, one of the things in this scripture that I really don't like is, is that it talks about the leaders being behind them. Um, now, we understand that because in warfare, uh, you know, you're, I, I can't say smarter people, but your, your leaders are normally back behind the scenes so that they're protected. Was it, in, was it in the Vietnam War whenever they actually started shooting the Red Cross? Anybody that was wearing the Red Cross showing that they were, uh, you know, were a doctor, they literally started shooting them. They also had instances in World War II where if the, uh, because of the, sign, the signia on the helmet showing the rank of the officer, they were literally going for the higher ranked officers. They were specifically uh, you know, attacking those people. So if we take those battle strategies, you know, we take the battle strategies and we, we look at these and our prayer warriors, to me, would be the Red Cross. Because they're the ones that, that simply pray. And they call out to God to protect, to protect others, uh, to protect the church, uh, you know, to protect themselves. Very seldom do you see your prayer warriors out in the field with a sword ready for battle. They're in their closet. They're in their quiet place with God. Uh, you know, then you would see, uh, you know, your workers would be the ones that would really kind of be there on the front line. Uh, that would be your army or, uh, you know, some of your Marines. Uh, that would be right there on the front line in the battles. But the prayer warriors still had to go to those ones out in the front line to protect them, to put their shield around them. So that they could administer what they needed to them. See, we look at these things and, you know, wow. And we just bring them together as far as how we're supposed to operate as a church and as Christian people. And being able to help one another. You know, we've got to come together, uh, you know, and build this bond. Uh, number one, because, uh, you know, we're better together. Scripture says, uh, you know, where there's more, 
Uh, you know, we're stronger. Uh, we can get more work done uh, where there's more. Uh, you know, it says three cords are unbroken. Uh, you know, one cord can be broken. Uh, it's a shame if you stumble while you're alone because there's no one there to help you, you know, to help you to get back up. It's dealing with us and it's talking about how we are supposed to be able to help one another. It might really sound kind of foolish, but when you're in the midst of a battle, you have to put on the whole armor of God. Not just part of it. Not just part. So I would ask the question, so who left the house today without their shoes of faith? Now that's the shield, the, the shoes. I've just drawn a blank. But who's left without their sword today? It's like, oh, I'm going to church. I don't need my sword today. I got it. It's going to be, it's right there at church. Remember, we talked about the helmet of salvation and how there's a lot of times that we forget to put on the helmet of salvation because we know that we're saved. But the helmet of salvation and living a life of salvation protects us. We all too often leave the house with part of our armor not on. Do you think the enemy notices it? We need to make sure that we put on the whole armor of God. We've got to understand that the battle is not flesh and blood, but it's against Satan and the principalities of the darkness. It's against him. In our work, we should never, ever isolate ourselves. Because that is exactly what Satan is trying to do. How many of y'all watch Animal Planet or History? Whenever they have the animals that, uh, you know, that are being attacked. You don't watch those? Uh, you know, so I always watch those. They always go for the weakest. They don't go for the strongest. Or they go for the slowest. They try to break it off away from the herd. Hey, what about the commercial with the water buffalo? Y'all like that one there? That's not part of the animal planet. And I have some of y'all that are staring back at me. So y'all haven't seen the one with the water buffaloes. And they're jumping over the water and stuff. And they, they're literally jumping from one alligator to another alligator. Uh, you know, and he's talking about, uh, you know, about T-Mobile, about his cell phone coverage. I think I'm, I'm thinking about taking the bridge. Sometimes we have to be like those water buffaloes. And we have to take the smart way out. Just because everybody else is running around jumping off of alligator backs doesn't mean that you have to go do that. You know. But we need to make sure that we stay together. You know, we stay together through all of this. 
Because, can I let you know something? The battle's not over yet. And the battle will not be over with until you take your last breath. Satan will be battling with you for the rest or for all of your life. But whenever it comes to the end, oh man, it's worth all the aches and all the pains. You know, it's worth all of the battles, all of the scars. It's worth it all because of what he has for us. But Nehemiah reminds us of something right there at the end. Nehemiah goes in and he talks about this and he talks about, uh, you know, the situations and he he talks about how he's going to have the trumpeter that's right there with him. And whenever they attack, that he's going to blow the trumpet. And whenever he blows the trumpet, you're supposed to come to the area where the battle is. And then he says this, our God will fight for us. Yes, it's a battle. Yes, we need to stay together. No, the battle is not against flesh and blood. But more importantly, God's the one that's doing the fighting for us or with us. And without him doing the fighting, we can't win the battle. The only way it can be done is with him. So whenever the time gets tough, yes, the tough get going. But whenever the time gets tough, the dedicated turn to the right one and they turn to God. Because they know where he is. They know that he said that he would provide for us and that he would protect us. He's the one that's going to win the battle. Now, ultimately, he's already won the battle. But the battles that we're in right now as a church and as individuals and doing what he has for us to do, we're still in this fight. And yes, he'll fight with us. And he'll win that battle. Amen. Nehemiah is showing us a pretty good bit, isn't it? Isn't he? You know, I, uh, I guess the only thing that I kind of feel weird about whenever I'm teaching this is, is that I'm the leader teaching about what leaders are supposed to be doing. But these are things that we're all supposed to be doing. We take this tonight as encouragement, uh, you know, because regardless of where we are, regardless of what the battle looks like, it's not over. And if we continue the work, if we continue the fight, God's going to win the battle for us. Amen.
Amen. Because whenever we're thinking about this, no, I'm not going to do that. Let's stand for dismissal. Remember the announcements. Uh, Ron has a uh, needs to have a meeting with uh, everyone that signed up for uh, prayer right up front. Okay, so uh, we'll give you a few minutes to mingle, and then if you can come right up front, and Ron will give you all the instructions and stuff that you need from there. All right, let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much, dear Lord, for tonight. God, I pray that your face would shine upon us. And that your blessings would be poured out upon each person that is here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.